Welcome to MAP, the bi-weekly market access podcast provided by Mars Market Access and Pricing Strategy, which is your healthcare consultancy in the German-speaking markets. Mars makes it as easy as possible for you to get your pharmaceutical, medtech or digital health product to the market and of course get the price it deserves. My name is Stefan Walzer, I'm the founder of Mars and a health economist by training and working in the fields of market access, reimbursement, pricing and health economics already since 2004. And now let's learn about the market access and reimbursement systems around the globe. Inpatient reimbursement, maybe we can call it part two, because the last episode, January 1st, the first episode in 2022, was with Vidi Wollner. He is an administrator at a German hospital. So we have heard already the insights from that side and perspective. And today's episode is, let's say, the second component of it, because we are now digging into the perspectives of the physicians. But before jumping into that kind of detail, it's maybe best to start again very briefly with the healthcare system and where and how to interpret maybe the inpatient setting in Germany. We still have a bit more than 100 individual statutory health insurance funds, maybe put as well in brackets. We have another 100 private health insurance funds, but this is probably for the minority of the population. We are then on top of that, especially when keeping in mind the hospital and the financing of hospitals, we have 17 statutory health insurance physicians associations. Maybe these are not the co-drivers, but keep in mind that most of the hospitals are as well offering an outpatient care for their patients. And secondly, we have, and I think this is more important when we're thinking about the financing, the 16 Länder, the regions in Germany, which are also responsible basically for at least a good proportion of the investment for hospitals. Furthermore, very important is that we have still a strict separation between the in and the outpatient sectors with different regulations and very limited integrations as of now. We need to see if maybe the new government might change that in the future. And finally, it's also keep in mind for especially maybe listeners outside of Germany, we have still a very diverse hospital landscape with different owners of hospitals. We have private hospitals, private hospital chains. We have big university hospitals, smaller hospitals, but also here maybe with different further owners. For example, we have as well some which are more driven by, let's call it, the church. And finally, I think when this is more the kind of frame, we have as well, um, probably most of you have heard already, this so-called Hospital Future Act, which has been implemented in 2021. And important here, I mean, we're all speaking about boosters. I think in these days, it's probably more about booster vaccinations. But this is really a digital boost for hospitals in Germany, at least from my perspective. At the end of the day, the Hospital Future Act is really pushing 3 billion euros for digitalization projects in hospitals until 2025 into the system. I think this is very important. Still keep in mind that the states, the lender and all the hospitals need to cover 30% of the investment costs in that area. So 70% can be basically built, let's call it, to that Hospital Future Act budget but a good proportion still needs to be, let's say, organized within the system itself. What could be really funded for that, I think, is everything around digitalization. There's a minimum which needs to be fulfilled. 
I think this is quite clear. This is a must have for all hospitals, but all other hospitals can as well then react further on, on that. There could be, for example, the bed planning could be more digitalized. I mean, we're speaking about paperless work between different um, departments, for example, but also the, the connectivity, for example, between the emergency room and the ER outpatient care could also go down to a point that patient portal is maybe um, included and or digital records are finally introduced in the hospital. Very important, quite clearly, is IT security. I think this is also, I think from my side and I think also from the legal side, um, the must-have, but also other points like closed-loop medication, unit dose systems or cloud computing could be on that list. Independent of that, just coming back to our guest of this episode, Dr. Sebastian Kazu. He is one of the core stakeholders, I would say, also from a physician's side. He's very active also within different other podcasts. And I think I would rather say even that I think he would probably deny it from a political side, at least from the from the um, from the care side, and uh, he will also speak now around Hospital Future Act, the connectivity between in and outpatient digital healthcare, and it's also trying to let's say translate that into his kind of core setting within the emergency care. Perfect. Thank you, Sebastian, from right from Hamburg, um, for joining our um, podcast session today. I think today is again the inpatient setting, but this time obviously more from a physician's perspective, but still trying to cover the market access part. Maybe starting with a very simple maybe question as well, because that's obviously ultimately the core question, not only for the industry, but I think also for you as a physician. So from your perspective, how do innovations reach the patient in the inpatient setting in Germany? Oh, this is an interesting question. I think it's more complicated than you might think. Um, and I think that there's not one perfect answer, but maybe three totally different ways. The first one is the oldest one, and uh, you can reach, of course, um, your innovations to the inpatient's bed uh, with guidelines, but it takes too much time. So if uh, some innovations are implemented in the guidelines, they are not really innovative anymore because they are a little bit old-fashioned. The second possibility, and I think that this is a charming one, is um, with good skill training and educational skill trainings. If you're able to implement your new innovations in different educational programs, you have the possibility that your trainees learn your innovation from the beginning as a part of a system. And so they want to use these new innovations in their all day setting too. And uh, the third really effective way, but a newer one, and we learned in the pandemic now that this could be very effective, is to use uh, social media. In my opinion, especially the new colleagues or the younger colleagues uh, are really very focused with podcasts and different social media communication settings. 
And there's upcoming a kind of new world of educational training in social media aspects. But there's one negative aspect. And this aspect is that peer review uh, might be missing. And this is the reason why, especially the elderly colleagues, don't, uh, don't accept this kind of educational programs as much as the old-fashioned ones. But I'm totally convinced that uh, communica communication ways and educational trainings with new social, social medias and podcast training will be a future and a big opportunity to implement new innovations. Very interesting. I think you mentioned already, I think, your various pathways, I think, with the training, with social media. I mean, you mentioned also that it's maybe more towards the younger colleagues, right? How do you see the, the, the path maybe also for the, let's call it the elderly or the older colleagues, right? Yeah, I, I'm totally convinced that um, a really good way to implement new innovations is to, to take the younger colleagues with you because um, very often they don't know the alternatives and the old-fashioned ways as good and as deep as the elderly colleagues do. And you have, you have to do much more work and much more power to convince the elderly colleagues to change a habit. Um, and this is the reason why I always try to to tell the people that if we want to, to get new spirit into our hospital, we have to implement this with new and young colleagues who want to learn very fast, very new skills because they don't have any alternatives. And if the new innovation is the first one they learn, you have no problems at all. Right. Yeah, I know that. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. Um, maybe slightly shifting with the gears already. I mean, you have brought up quite nicely the physician's perspective on how innovation could reach the patient. Um, when you look basically, let's more, let's say more on the administrative pathway. You have obviously the kind of NUP applications and also the OPS applications, which which uh, um, are. Um, possible once a year. I think NOOPs, I think, are, are let's say, um, quite clear. But when you consider OPS codes, do you think those are useful, especially maybe from your perspective, as maybe not everybody knows, but um, most of the OPS codes are not le leading into higher reimbursement values in a given DIG? Mm, yes. For me, really only as a physician, they they don't seem to be useful at all, but but I have to say that that we get a lot of information out of these OPS codes. So even if they are not leading to a higher reimbursement, we get a lot of information about our patients um, by by reading the data, uh, including these OPS, and we do know that some OPS codes with the time also do lead in a higher reimbursement. But um, sometimes I ask myself if this really is necessary and leads to the effects we, we are hoping for. Anyway, 
Um, as long as we follow the DRG concepts, I think we should use this, these OPS codes, especially for a good overview about our di diagnosis and about our therapeutic management. Right. I think also, I think the long run, I think, is probably as well an important consideration, especially as, I mean, we all know that the DRG values might as well be adapted um, over the time. And um, we've spoken or we started with innovation early on. I mean, digital healthcare is obviously as well, hopefully as well on the, let's say, uh, motorway towards um, the healthcare system in Germany as well. How do you see digital healthcare being available in German hospitals currently and maybe also in the near future? Oh, I, I was very lucky in my last two hospitals. I have to say that the digital healthcare system um, was on its way. We see paper all the time, of course, but uh, my last hospital, for example, I really was paperless, had an iPad and so on. And if I want to have some uh, radiologic diagnostics, there were no further paper management necessary, but uh, in Germany as, as the whole concept, I think we have a long way to go. We need the basics. We really need the basics. Hospital integrated digital systems which work 24 hours and uh, 365 days a year um, and which are able to communicate without any problems, especially with our colleagues out of hospital. So we are able to uh, communicate without any barriers about our patients. But um, there are a lot, a lot of um, different problems we are facing. And this will, this will take the next decade. Although we are, in my opinion, really on a good way, there's a lot, a lot of work to do. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. I think um, you have probably already brought up, I think uh, the, the, the little kind of things might already be difficult. In some hospitals, we still, let's say, have a bad, uh, or let's say a bit of a, a poor uh, um, part um, within the kind of VLAN kind of a connection, right? Some, yeah. Even having that, I think that's already a bit of the difficulty. Um, but you also brought up, I think, a quite interesting one, which is, I think, the kind of connections between the inpatient and the outpatient setting. Um, and I mean, if we just simply take the so-called DIGAS now with a simple app, right? Some of those might also be used in the in and the outpatient setting. Do you see or maybe have even experienced um, issues in terms of reimbursement for that in the inpatient setting? Oh, no, I don't really have personal experiences uh, in this case. Um, but what I see in this process is that we do have um, not only some issues between the physicians, but really technical issues because of different technical uh, situations between our out-hospital uh, colleagues and the in-hospital IT infrastructure. And this is so complicated that I have to say, I, as I'm just a normal physician, I don't understand these different um, 
different connection problems they they have and in the re reimbursement maybe maybe you think about our uh, hospital future act um it's connected with digitalization in the hospital tills too i think we should support some some really good startups um which are specialized in medical healthcare improvement um uh, but i i'm too far away from these technical sides to give a really good comment on re reimbursement strategies for it and healthcare in the in the hospital right no that's that's absolutely fine absolutely maybe i think you also mentioned already the hospital future act what is your opinion on that i mean digitalization is i think the core i think uh, you also said that already and i agree but what is your opinion from a physician's perspective and also with your experience you brought and that you have just mentioned out of the last two hospitals well to be honest i think that uh, this hospital future acts um leads into the right way um it it leads to to digitalization and to new innovation in in aspects we really need they don't focus on whatever robotics in the in the operation theater and so on not such kind of of science fiction associated medical digitalization but they really focus on it safety on basic structures for it communication and di digital healthcare and i'm totally convinced that this is the right impulse to go in the in the right direction and as i know there are i don't know two or three billion euros for for this for this first step and you need to focus on on the it basics with this kind of budget um if you try to be too enthusiastic and to include too much it skills and robotics and so on i think we would early see that the money won't be as much as it sounds to be so i'm i'm a fan I'm I'm really a fan of this future act because I think that the intention and the first um the first steps are totally right for the current situation for us here in Germany. Yeah, I I, I can also agree here because I think at the end of the day I think the future act is also probably focusing a bit what you said very early on, right? Focusing on the basics um and based on the basics let's say further and other innovations um, basically then as well reach the hospitals. Um, I, I would like to take that as well a bit further. I mean, you're an expert in, in, in the emergency room and the emergency department, right? Um, how, how do you see your, let's say, work as well and your work environment in the future, maybe in 2025, 2023, maybe especially focusing on, on, on a bit the, like the digitalization, also maybe what you have seen in other countries? Mm -hmm. Well. What I see in my current hospital is that we really try to focus on IT and di digital uh, healthcare and digitalization. I see that we try to to have an all-day paperless work area. I see that 
we are working really very close with our IT specialists every day um, to improve our systems and to make them really better from day to day. And the next really big step will be the communications, as I already said, with the colleagues in the outdoors hospital and in the outpatient setting. And um, but for me, one of the out of the physician's perspective, really, um, really interesting aspects will also be to use the data and to learn from these data and to include them, maybe uh, to use them in the future for artificial um, intelligence and to, to use them as a kind of early warning system, not only in the uh, high urgency emergency settings but also in in uh, when you when you go with your patients from year to year and you you can you can collect his data and you can compare them with other settings we will learn to see uh, very much earlier if our patients are on the right way and get healthier or not and we will learn to 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 make a setup and to include these data for all day management uh, and therapeutic decisions and uh, this is a very really very interesting aspect and the other one is the uh, the colleagues from the emergency medical services as you may know uh, different systems with the uh, with with IT and our EMS personnel has the possibility to um, make a kind of digital call, including the first patient data, so we can include these data in our system, and uh, we know very much about our patient before he even arrived our emergency department, and this is uh, in our all day setting, um, even today a good possibility to improve our management and to improve our procedures uh, and at least or at the end of this management our patient is uh, the person who really has a better service and faster management uh, so um I think I, I like this management very much, and this will be the future in the emergency departments. Yeah, very, very interesting. I think I can see the future. I think how you just described it—that's great. Um, just maybe as a kind of final question. I mean, we'll have elections in uh, in uh, autumn this year, and I mean, if just imagine if you would be the new health minister, what would be your changes in your first hundred days in charge? Oh. This is a big question, Stefan. <laughs> um, you know what? I I I would try to change the the setting for for the in hospital reimbursement uh, and financial system. I love the Spanish way. Do you know the Spanish way of of paying hospitals? No, uh, really. Tell, tell me more. That sounds interesting. It's really interesting, as I know, as far as I know, um, you you 
imagine you are a hospital, a district hospital, okay? And you do have one million people in your area, in your district. Then you get the money for the treatment and diagnostics as a district hospital for one million people, okay? And um, so this is the money, your budget, you have to handle with. And if you if you are very efficiently and you are very good in your management, you are able to spend some money because you are more efficient than and you, you need not one the budget for all these one million people. This is the first aspect. The second one is you will try as district hospital to keep your patients very healthy and safe so they don't need to come into your hospital. And the third aspect, and this is a very interesting part of the system too, your neighbor hospital also gets the money for its population. But if you are better than your neighbor hospital because you improve your quality and the people from the neighbor hospital decide to be patient in your hospital, the other hospital has to pay the money to you. And I think that this is a perfect engine for medicine with a focus on keeping healthy, not to waste money and to improve your quality because you know If you're better than the other hospitals in your management, in your service, and so on, you can earn more money than the, the budget uh, had for the million people I had in our example for you. How do you think? How does this sound for you? I think for me as an economist, I think it's exactly the kind of right pathway probably, right? Because it gives the incentives exactly as you just said, right? to work efficiently, but efficiently from both aspects, right? From the clinical aspect and also from the, let's say, economic aspect. But I think that's, um, that, that sounds really interesting. I think that's probably also worthwhile another episode of a podcast. And then not only, they not only working with the kind of penalty system, but there are so much incentives, so much motivations in this system I, I'm totally fascinated and convinced that this would be a good way and a good change for our systems here in Germany too. Yeah, no, I, I fully agree. And I think especially if we see the kind of discussions in terms of the kind of uh, smaller hospitals somewhere out in the, uh, let's, say, in the uh, let's say outside of the bigger cities, I think, but also within the kind of bigger cities, right? I mean, that we can also have at least a bit of competition, which is also interesting especially in these days, right? I mean, a lot of people and also a lot of health politicians are more, let's say, recommending to basically take some steps back from competition and from incentive, right? Given the, from their perspective, learnings out of the COVID pandemic. Absolutely. Interesting. Very good. Sebastian, that was great. Great insights for, from and for different perspectives. Thank you again very much for your time, for your views as well. And uh, I'm sure we will hear each other again soon. Thank you for having me. It was a big pleasure, Stefan. 
and um, stay safe. Thank you, Sebastian. Perfect. Really good insights shared now by Dr. Sebastian Kasu from a physician's perspective. Obviously, keep in mind this is from an inpatient physician's perspective. I think we have seen that, at least from a physician's perspective, I think NUB is important, especially now to get, let's say, latest and newest technologies to the patient and to the use of the physicians. But it's also very important what um, Sebastian uh, quite clearly said, how to really tackle and how to get the physicians behind the product. I think it's own experience. This is, I think, quite clear. But it's also the way how to maybe communicate with physicians, not only because of COVID, but also probably beyond. Just keep in mind that maybe the young physicians might be maybe applicable and maybe more prone maybe um, for further social media kind of contacts, as Sebastian said, maybe through podcasts. Very interesting approach here as well. But having said that, um, when further thinking about digital health care in the inpatient setting, I think Sebastian was also bringing up a couple of clear points. I think the Hospital Future Act is going to the right direction because it, it really might booster the budget which is required for hospitals in order to, to bring hospitals to the next level. But also he said quite clearly that this is just a start. At the end of the day, there are a lot of, let's say, outpatient physicians and there are a lot of connectivity issues, for example, between the inpatient and the outpatient setting, not only in terms of, let's say, data transfer, data readability, etc., but also when we think about digital healthcare solutions. I think he was also quite clearly and nicely explaining how this might maybe work in his environment. I think there's already a change into a paperless environment. But from my side, I think it was even more important to really having a deeper, let's say, dive into the future maybe as well, when he said that they are on a daily basis, physicians are cooperating with the IT de department to really bring, let's say, life into that kind of digital healthcare environment. I think this is also very important. Keep in mind when he was bringing up the example of the emergency care, obviously, if you have a really severely injured or ill patient on the way to the hospital, ideally, uh, the physicians in the hospital preparing already for the patient uh, know already what to do and what they could expect with the patient. I think currently, let's call it that way, it's still the old ways of communication. But let's have a hope that maybe the Hospital Future Act might change that, obviously, as well. Finally, maybe this is more, maybe even the homework for our new health minister, Professor Lauterbach, that the inpatient reimbursement should potentially have a change. I think Sebastian quite clearly said, uh, let's go the, the Spanish way, um, which was quite interesting. But I think it's probably not only the Spanish way. I think we can see that also in other countries. Mm. I think he has had very good experience. I mean, he was just, just saying that they have a fixed overall budget and the hospital can then finally decide more or less on their own what to do with the overall budget and in which ways they want to manage it. I think there are probably good examples and it might be a good way as well to further understand if this could maybe as well a way moving forward for German hospitals or if that might be potentially as well be adaptable to the German healthcare environment. Let's just see. I mean, we need to see firstly how and in which ways the Hospital Future Act might maybe bring hospitals to the next level of healthcare, but then finally also what the new government in Germany 
might bring into force um, beyond the whole kind of COVID management. That was an episode of MAP, the market access podcast provided by Mars Market Access and Pricing Strategy, which is your healthcare consultancy in the German-speaking markets. MAP is available every second week with a new episode, so watch out. And in case you might have questions, contact me directly and or visit our website on www.marketaccess-pricingstrategy.de.